wheels turning. There it is. We're on. Oh my god. One shot. One opportunity. Seize everything you ever wanted. One moment. Did you capture it? Just let it slip. Yo. Oh boy. So last week, we were all excited to find out, finally, that Jack Black is the new Captain America. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah, I should have warned you before I showed that clip. I found out Jack Black is now... Have you watched that video all the way? Have you watched that yet? No, I haven't, but I have an idea for a Halloween costume now. <laughs> It, it puts a whole new meaning on shield on the shield <laughs> and, it, and it's purpose. Oh boy. We're on the 145th episode right now. Right on it. 45 man. That's impressive. I'm Steven Presley. And, and I'm this, jazz one <laughs> right here. Sitting beside me virtually the one and only jazz one's up. Jazz one over there, kind of virtually. Uh, me from the Thunderpop Dome, Jazz from, from the, the Jazz Cave, from the Jazz Cave, uh, 145th episode. In this episode, we're going to react to the season finale of TFATWS. Being referenced in that clip we just showed, Jack Black. <laughs> Captain America, but yeah, spoilers ahead. So if you haven't finished the season of TFA TFA TWS, then buyers beware. You might put on the brakes if you don't want to spoil the finale because we, we're going to talk about it. We're going to dive in as soon as we roll our credits and come back. It's anything's fair game as far as opening up on talk of uh, TFA TWS. I won't do that. <laughs> I won't do that every time I say it. I promise. But we also will have a that doesn't uh, roll off the tongue very well. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lengthy, uh, lengthy title for sure. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Say the Falcon and the Winter Soldier twenty times. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's a, a long title, and they had to throw the the in there twice. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So. <laughs> Just to make it even more interesting, instead of just Falcon and Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is much easier to to say repeated, repeatedly, over and over again. But we're gonna we're gonna dive into that back tonight after a little bit of a hiatus, reviewing the trailer, a favorite I think of Jazz Ones, correct? Oh yeah, absolutely. I I can't wait. You love doing reviewing the trailer. We're going to be talking about another Marvel property. Soon to be in a big screen or a small screen near you, depending on how you watch it. Shang-Chi uh, will be coming to theaters in and small screens in September uh, from the MCU. Uh, it's another it's another one that's sort of one of those lesser known entities from Marvel that has been turned into a live action, which I think is a great thing. That's what made Guardians of the Galaxy so great. Is oh, 100. 
yeah, there was no expectations like Batman or like the Hulk of how it should be done. Uh, so for, for people that are just novice, um, watch the, the movies, but maybe didn't read the comic books. There's no expectations about Shang-Chi. So it gives the filmmakers and the, and the actors a little bit of an open can, a blank canvas on how they can do the, do the uh, story. I think. Oh yeah. Way. Yeah. So we're in, we're going to dive into that, doing the review of the trailer, which is a, a show, a movie that we're very excited about because we've been fans of the actor, me and jazz for about four or five years now. Oh yeah. Watching his TV show over in Canada. Um, Kim's convenience. So we're going to dive into that. We'll have our usual tropes, agree or disagree, uh, in agree or disagree. We're going to talk about Elon Musk hosting SNL on May 8th, uh, local Austin. Oh, no, another uh, Austin uh, person. Now. <laughs> from, he lives in Austin now uh, for better or worse. He's, he's here. So we've got him and everything he's bringing with it, which is a lot. So we may talk about that too. Um, but anyway, yeah, we'll be doing a great screen thoughts and advice, all that stuff. This is the 145th episode again, Stephen Presley jazz one thunder pop. going to have a lot of fun feeling kind of cute. May delete it later. We'll see. <laughs> Here <he> goes. <laughs> Okay, I lied. Yeah, 145. Here we are. If thunder pop, thunder, thunder pop, pop. Okay, <laughs> enough of that. Whatever that was, it's like I was flirting with the audience, going thunder pop. <laughs> okay. All right. So I was driving around at lunch today uh, to pick up lunch and come home, and then pick up uh, pick up Micah from his uh, pod. That he has, it get he pick him up every early afternoon, every day after lunch. I was driving around. I had this song in my head. I don't know how and and where I got the song because I haven't listened to it in a while. But that Belinda Carlisle song has been in my head for like three days. That I'm mad about you, babe. Mad about <laughs> you. Do you know that song? Yeah, it's been a while, but yeah. Nice poppy little '80s song, post Go Go's effort from Belinda Carlisle. That song's in my head. And then I'm like, so I'm asking myself driving around, why is that song in my head? Not about you, babe. Maybe I'm just feeling kind of, you know, you know, kind of that way. But I'm driving yeah. around listening to that. And then in my head, I'm not listening to it on the radio. It's the voice in my head, which is Belinda Carlisle's voice in my head. Worst voice, worst things you could have in your head, I guess. Voices. <laughs> I hear people in my head. I would, I guess Belinda Carlisle, there could be much worse. But I had that song in my head. Then I started thinking about Go-Go's because I go from Belinda Carlisle. I go to Go-Go's and I, I remember watching the behind the music quite a while ago when they used to do those on VH1. I, did you love the, did you like the behind the musics? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the awkward thing was um, my sister dated the son 
of one of the uh, guys in Motley Crue. And watching the behind the music with them yeah. was uh, really awkward because, like, his story is kind of interwoven in this. Like, you're not, he's not in it, but he's like, oh, I know this. And I'm like, and, <laughs> you know, felt bad for him. Good guy. But, uh, yeah, it was interesting. So I had a little but, bit of connection there. Yeah. But, man, that. talking about, like, having songs play in your head, that reminds yeah. me of this idea I had for a Bluetooth. Like, a Bluetooth Bluetooth, you know, like you get like a Bluetooth, like implanted. Yeah. And it's like, man, you know, instead of having to read books, you just, you know, you just Bluetooth and just, you know, have it in your head, you know, like you want to play Literally, songs. Yeah. You just transfer from your Bluetooth. phone to your Bluetooth, to your head. Like you're listening to the song, you're listening to the podcast, listening to the show. I don't know. It's in your head. It starts to get a little black mirror. Falling <laughs> in the body for me. No, like you no, know, you take phone calls by going, you know, like that. Then you take your phone call. <laughs> uh, you no, know, like uh, your, your tooth will be just like blinking instead of like the gold tooth will just like be blinking. <laughs> like, excuse me, I'm on a call. <laughs> a literal Bluetooth. Speaking of Elon Musk, we'll be talking about him later. Speaking about implants in, in the body that control your brain. Let me tweet him. <laughs> I don't care if I make money. I just want a Bluetooth. <laughs> He's in Austin now. You might be able to find him somewhere. Figure out where his hangouts are. I don't know where he hangs out, but he's here. Uh, you know, you know the talking about the behind the music. So this is how I I gauge. I think every band and artist that is significant at some point is going to get a biopic like a movie. Oh yeah. Okay. And so, as much as I want like biopics, like music biopics to be good. Yeah. Most of the time they feel like you're just watching the uh, film version of their Wikipedia page. Yeah. It, it, they're all kind of, after a while they do store all have sort of kind of similarities to me. They they believe in themselves. No one believed in them, but they really believed in themselves. Yeah. And then there was drugs, and then there was alcohol, mm -hmm. and then they and made then, it. Uh, stop me if you heard this one before. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, here's the rule: if you had three hits or less, you're you're straight to cable with your biopic. <laughs> if, it's, if it's four hits and up, four hits to to six or seven hits it's a streaming platform like motley crew had this yeah netflix if you're a legend like queen a prince you're 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 big screen your your theatrical release with your biopic oh yeah if you're more it was than like the, prince should have a biopic but that was kind of what purple rain was kind of on the low yeah he kind of leave it to prince to do his own biopic before he <laughs> was even old yeah, like the kid was that was just basically Prince. He just could they even do a biopic better than what they've already what he already did, Purple Rain? I don't know. I don't think they I don't know if I want to see that. I don't think don't think so. And you wouldn't have Prince playing Prince. <laughs> right away the casting is never gonna be as good as Purple Rain Prince. <laughs> no way it could be. All right, we're gonna do our we're going to dive into another perfectly cast role, I think, hopefully, 
Chang Chi, this actor who you've met at South by Southwest uh, quite a while. Oh back. yeah, yeah, uh, at Canada House during South by mm -hmm. was there a while back uh, with um, Paul Sung Lee, the star of uh, one of the stars of Kim's Convenience, plays his son. He's been a big TV star in Canada now for four or five, going on four or five years. He's been well known in Canada and to people that watch the show on Netflix. But now he's about to become a lot more high profile as he's joining the MCU in the role of Shang-Chi. Uh, okay, we're going to play this. We'll just get in and talk about it because I know you've got some thoughts on it. I'm interested in hear what you got to say about it. Let's let's roll it. The review, the review in the trailer's back. I trained you. We'll back it up. Here he goes. Training montage. I gave you 10 years to live your life. Now you see me rise. And where did that get you? You walked in my shadow. trained you so the most dangerous people in the world couldn't kill you son it's time for you to take your place by my side since speed the movie speed that came out in the late 90s have we seen as cool of a action scene between a man and a woman in a bus oh that's exactly sandra, that's in sandra bullock and keanu reeves kind of a callback to that a little bit for me i don't know if it was intentional but there's a little bit of that speed in there with the bus that oh scene, yeah that's really cool that the bus scene aquafina obviously going to be in a signet looks like a supporting role in this film Really oh yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's like I think she plays like one of his best friends in the uh, movie. So she's got a pretty big part. I mean, she can be she could end up being like the Ned of this movie. You know, Ned like Ned <laughs> is Peter Parker <laughs> being, being a big part of the movie. <laughs> and a, and it kind of a little bit looks like a comic relief. Um, okay, I want to ask you because I know this is a movie we've been excited about. We were excited when when the casting announcement was made because of us being a fan of Kim's convenience and, um, and everything, where are you at with this? Do you, when you, you've always said that when you typecast someone, sometimes 
moving them into a different and seeing them in a different character. Like you said, Mark Hamill, always Luke Skywalker. Harrison yes. Ford. No matter Harrison. what movie they're in, yeah. you know, they are that character. Yeah. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio is always the kid from What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Like, I don't care if, what movies he's in, Titanic, Catch Me If You Can, any movie he's in, I still see the kid from Arnie from uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. And it's like John Lithgow. You That's know. funny because for me, he's still the orphan from Growing Pains. <laughs> in the final season of Growing Pains, but yeah, it's like I uh, maybe this movie, like like I said, John Lithgow for the longest time, he was like the preacher in Footloose. Yeah. I don't care what movie he was in, what TV show he was in, he was the Footloose preacher. Yeah. But with Dexter, it did change. He became you know that serial killer. Now, anytime I see John Lithgow, I'm like, who's he about to kill? But right now, I see that trailer. All I see is Jung. You know, like, I just see Jung. Like, I know he's got, like, the comedy chops. You know, yeah. like, yeah. like, I like I, can't wait to see. Like, hopefully, it's really good. Like, hopefully, after this, I watch, you know, reruns of uh, Kim's Convenience. And I just see, you know, Shang-Chi. You know, tea in the in Kim's convenience, but right now I see John. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I think it looks like they did to me, and I, I love that they did this. I see a lot of on purpose Jung's character written into this role because this character seemed not just because of the actor that's playing it, but also because of the way it looks like it's written in the trailer. Yeah, it looks a lot like they wrote it around what he his strong points were on Kim's convenience kind of oh, a, yeah. kind of a um uh, a man child a little bit still trying to you know grow up and find his way in the world which was a big part of Jung's story um uh, you know still maturing um and kind of finding his way in the real world i see a lot of that in this character and i see him you know he's comfortable playing that he's played it for the last 5 years oh yeah absolutely but within the mcu so all of that stuff Having a, it looks like he had some separation from his dad, uh, which is all all the stuff in Kim's convenience. You know the relationship stuff with his dad and how there's been some friction for a while because his dad maybe was disappointed in him because of some things he did. In this story, it looks like it's more like maybe something similar to that where he's kind of gone a different path. Oh yeah, and, and the other day I was uh, in Target, I saw they have an action figure for uh, Shang Chi. Then I was like thinking, man, if only if they had like an action figure for Carson Tiva, which is like, you know, Appa, you know, Paul's character yes. in The Mandalorian. I was like, if I'm just getting those two figures, I could do like stop motion episodes of Kim's Convenience and have the, you know, you know, have the closure on that storyline. Even if I had to like script it and shoot the live action, not live action, but stop motion myself. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, if I'm it there, happens, <laughs> I'm there for it. If you do it, I want to watch it. Uh, so Kim's convenience, obviously, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to say cancel. It wasn't canceled. Some news reports say it was canceled. It was it was they ended the show. They were they had the option to keep going. Yeah. When I think of a show that's been canceled, I think of well, it was canceled by the network or the production, but not the actual producers decided to end the show. Uh, so it was just, they just ended the show. It wasn't canceled. It could have kept going. Probably could have kept going for another two, three, four years if they wanted. Oh, yeah. There was you know, an audience. It was like 
Oh, yeah. It, it was a sitcom that was more than a sitcom, you know. I mean, it was really amazing. And it was really amazing to see uh, Simu, um, the star of Shang-Chi. Yeah. Just nearly in tears on that show ending yeah. that soon. Like, you know, that is a Canadian sitcom. I mean, it kind of started grabbing traction worldwide. But, man, he is about to be, you know, almost like a Black Panther-level character. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he is, like, in his feels over losing, you know, a supporting role in a sitcom, you know. Yeah, absolutely. He Because you know, that was the thing. Right away, people were jumping to conclusions where – did they end the show because Sim Simu is going to be going off to the Marvel universe and he doesn't want to do the show anymore? Does it, they were pointing, there were people, I don't know if it was happening a lot, but there were some people going that direction with it. And so he immediately was like, no, on the contrary, I, I am sad that we're not continuing. I wanted to continue my story. I was hoping to direct an episode of Kim's convenience. Oh yeah. And he wanted to, what he felt like conclude his character's arc into manhood. Oh yeah. Showing the maturity of Jung into becoming a man fully um, within the show. And I still think I'd be surprised. I'm shocked that they they're ending the show. I don't know why not one more season to tie up some of these loose ends, but I, I do believe what you've said at the very minimum, I could see a year or two down the road, an announcement that there's going to be a movie, a TV movie. Oh yeah. Like, CBC, you know, I'll find a way to bootleg it, you know, from Canada if I have to. But, uh, yeah, I went from like, oh, check out this little uh, sitcom I found on Netflix to going, oh, my God, okay, this is like my, you know, top three, mm -hmm. you know. And then about two seasons, two or three seasons in, I'm like, this is the best sitcom I think I've ever seen. Like, this is my jam. It's great. It's a great show. Really sad to see it go, but I'm happy to see it's for me right now, I'm on board for Shang-Chi. The trailer looks like it hits all of the points it needs to hit. Great action. It's going to be kind of its own thing. I mean, it is attached to the MCU, but I don't think it's going to lean heavily in, in having to lean heavily into the MCU for its plot and story. Well, uh, one thing I picked up on, uh, the, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the Asian city, um, yeah. um, was it Madripoor? That's where they're located? Yeah. Um, you see that flag in the trailer. Okay. I'm following you. We'll take a sip. So uh, I have a feeling the – what was the big baddie in uh, Falcon Winter Soldier? Oh, the, um, the power broker. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if those overlap. Well, that, well, that I could see. And that's fine, and that totally makes sense that they would spill into it as well. But I think it could it could easily just rely on its own story for this movie and do just fine. Oh, yeah. I see him as a little bit. You can see in the trailer. He obviously looks like a little bit of a fish out of water, and he's he's being thrown into a situation. Um, so I like that aspect of it, too. That's kind of what we saw with other young superheroes. In, oh, yeah. Uh, in the vein of a Peter Parker, <clears throat> where he's kind of thrown into a... Um, situation he's not ready for and and uh he's he's having to grow up in the middle of the story um and uh this happened this happened before <laughs> superheroes that have had to find their way <laughs> by the way before 
Well, no. <laughs> Little Captain Badass there. But the Falcon and see the Falcon and Captain Badass. The Falcon and Captain Badass. Maybe that's <laughs> okay. The Falcon Jazzy and the, and the Badass. <laughs> the Jazzy. The Jazzy and the Captain Badass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, thank you uh, to Facebook user Jazz and Steven. You guys bring out the best conversation in each other. Awesome to watch. You're awesome to watch. To, uh, you're awesome to watch. Thank you for watching. Oh, by the way, uh, quick plug. Uh, we're doing two shows this week because of not doing one last week. And coming up on Thursday night at 8.30 p.m., catch the Mortal Kombat special. I'll be on with two players from Geek News Now. Oh, uh, damn. That'll be on with me uh, to talk about Mortal Kombat. And they're pretty fired up to talk about Mortal Kombat. So I'm excited to talk to them about it. And I'm also excited to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier right now with Jazz One. Another, as we were... As we were just discussing, another uh, Marvel property. Obviously, they just wrapped up season one. And first of all, this is going to probably be the first time in the history of television that a show... Now, shows have been renamed before. Um, yeah. there, there's been reasons why shows have been renamed. Uh, Valerie. The show Valerie was, orig was originally called Valerie. When Valerie Harper had a contract dispute, salary dispute with the network... She uh, left the show and they went ahead and just recast or they didn't recast, but they, they brought like the aunt in to take her place and they, uh, they renamed the show Valerie's family. Oh but yeah. She litigated, said, you can't still use my name in the show. So they had to change the name for a third time and they ended up changing it to Hogan's family, which was the last name. So that was a show that was changed three times more recently, oh, wow. more recently, uh, Roseanne. Roseanne, oh yeah, the Connors. The, the Roseanne reboot. Uh, something happened with Roseanne. I don't know. I don't even know what was going on. I didn't. I didn't catch that. What What happened? Did she just didn't want to do the show anymore? Anyway, <laughs> Roseanne departed the show. <laughs> they didn't call it Roseanne's family, which is probably a smart move. But they reached. They renamed it. Rebranded the show, The Connors, and they've continued on as The Connors. Uh, <laughs> But this show will be the first show probably that I can remember that re-changed the, change the name of the show during the episode. Oh, yeah. While the episode is happening. Because we saw that. Spoilers. Be on standby for spoilers. But the Falcon and the Winter Soldier at the close of the show became the Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I guess it would just be not the Captain America. I think it would be Captain America. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, yeah, Captain America. I thought that was really slick how they did that in like the uh, ending credits. Yeah. So I think that acknowledges that there is going to be a season two. The producer has not ruled it out. He seemed to allude to the idea that there would be a season two, but that was before the finale aired. And we knew that the show would also be retitled. So it would, in fact, next be. And that's something you can get away with when it's a streaming series and it's all on the same platform. That show just stays on Disney Plus. There's a time. Oh, yeah. There's a time when this wouldn't have been a thing. You couldn't have done this with a show on NBC. Like just say, oh, next season it's going to be now Captain America because they would be afraid of of confusing the audience. Oh yeah. 
But if it's all on Disney Plus, people know. They know what it is. So, anyway, your thoughts on the finale, the overall show. Uh, what did you think? Man, it was... Uh, I don't know if I could just enjoy a Marvel movie that's two hours long, two and a half hours long. Like, Has, has, it, has uh, this ruined uh, it yeah. for you? These yeah, shows? I mean, this is like, what, four, almost four-something hours, you know, over, over six episodes. Yeah. Uh, you know, then it's like WandaVision, and just like really being able to dig in. You know, yeah, like with WandaVision, like some of those episodes, if they were five to ten minutes of, you know, a two and a half hour movie, you really wouldn't have got to be like in that universe. And like, I think you had to spend some time in, in uh, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier to uh, really get it, man. Like those last two episodes were just like really incredible to like really on par with like anything I've seen theatrically released. Mm-hmm. I love the first four show. The first four episodes for me was on par with anything I've seen in the MCU so far. I mean, it was, it was high end quality, well-developed story had been at the edge of my seat, but then also had me um, even the moments that slowed down were real, a lot of fun, like with the family and, and um, uh, Sam with his family in Louisiana trying to save the business I loved all that stuff too. I did think the last two episodes I wanted, I wanted more. I thought it was rushed, rushed things were rushed through by the last two episodes. And we had even said that when we got up to like four shows, we're like, I can't believe they're going to fit all this stuff in (laughs) episodes. And I still can't believe they tried to fit fit everything into six episodes. I really think this needed uh, because of what I saw in the last two episodes and how things, there were some things I thought were kind of rushed through a little bit. I would have, like to have seen maybe it go eight episodes to be able to give the last two episodes, the, the store, those stories as those chapters, as much time to develop and breathe as everything was allowed to in the first four. Cause the pacing of the first four to me were, were brilliant. And then when they got to the last two, I felt like it was kind of like they started fast, fast walking all of a sudden. I don't know, man. To me, it's like those first four episodes made you really care about like what happened in those last two. You know, certainly, certainly. It, it was just like I mean, so many things are like you know obvious parallels. You know, like mm-hmm. the Tuskegee Airmen. You know, yeah. uh, with uh, the Isaiah, I can't remember his last name yeah. uh, character, Brad, like, Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that was like very much like the Tuskegee Airmen. And, uh, you know, I don't know, man, it just like, uh, there was a lot to cover. Um, I, I do, I don't know. I might have added one more episode to it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was brilliant. Um, you know, it just, to me, hit all the buttons, you know, I, uh, I, like I said, being a thick guy, I, uh, I will watch comic book movies. Won't usually read the comic books. No, trying to find that happy balance. You know, I'll go to a uh, Star Wars movie on opening night, but I won't dress as a character, right? Yeah. So uh, I didn't have, you know, like I I know a lot of the movie Marvel, and you know, know a little bit of what's going on outside of that, but uh, I really didn't quite get how Sam became. Captain America. And, uh, you know, it just like really 
went into it. Like it just really showed you why. And, uh, and even kind of, you know, it just straight on addressing like, you know, the racism some people have, like when he yeah. was, you know, talking to uh, that banker and that Senator, I'm like, you know, I thought that was like really profound what he said there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, now I kind of, this was one of those things kind of like with, and I thoroughly enjoyed the show. I still enjoy the show. Even though I knew I was sure he was going to become captain America because I had back in January, I found an article that had some pictures that were leaked. Oh yeah. Of, yeah. Of the, of the toy, which was Sam as captain America. So it was clear to me. And the only thing that would have made it where he might not have came, became captain America within this series would have been if it was being saved for later where they, oh, might, yeah. they might have cliffhangered it and dragged it into like a season two, or if they would have maybe uh, spilled it into one of the movies where there, he then becomes Captain America. That would have been the only way I would have said, okay, maybe he doesn't have, it happens, but maybe it doesn't happen right away in this, this show. But as we got to closer to the end, I was like, I'm pretty sure they're going to get to it within the show. You know, and it could have been, it could have been an end credit. They could have they could have dragged it out. They could have been in credit. I'm glad they went ahead and did it. It was like I said, I would have liked to have seen another episode or two. But that's that's a good thing. That means I wanted more. Oh yeah. I wanted I really more like more. how uh you know this version of Captain America is almost somewhat, you know, in between like our traditional Captain America, the one we had before, yeah, and Iron Man. You know, I mean just like with the tech, you know, yeah. the suit from uh, Wakanda and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it just, uh, I don't know, like the metal wings, you know, the, uh, the was it the red, red wing? Yeah. What do you call it? Yeah. I was like, parts of, some aspects of his suit feel kind of uh, like Iron Man, you know-esque. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, Tony Stark's fingerprints are all over. And Wakanda's Shuri and her tech is now all her fingerprint print her fingerprints are all over the Marvel MC Marvel Cinematic Universe. Just as Tony Stark's fingerprints were all over the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'll I would suggest that Wakanda is quickly becoming the new Stark Enterprises of this universe. Oh Where yeah. In the first several movies, Stark Enterprises was the central motivate moving element to all things in the MCU. Now I think Wakanda is with, with Tony Stark, rest in peace moving, you know, gone on to the, uh, the afterlife. I would say Wakanda's kind of taking that place. I don't know because I'm, I'm just throwing this out here. Yeah. Uh, the little hand grenade, the smoke hand grenade. Yeah. yeah. You remember what color that was, right? It was green. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was just like, uh, you know, the little, I guess that lock that was put on the, uh, we call it not, we call them, uh, armor truck where they yeah. had the, uh, the hostages. Mm -hmm. It had like eight, you know, we yeah. call them eight. And it's like, part of me wonders if this is some Spider-Man crossover, you know, like mm. between like green goblin and like, Oh, you know, Dr. Hawk, you know, and it's like, there. it's Oscorp. Like uh, the new Stark. Probably <laughs> <laughs> put brains on your popcorn. 
there's my mind blown uh, emoji right here. Blockbuster theory from Jazz One, right here. You heard it here, right now, and here on episode 145. What date is it? It's being dropped on April 27th, Tuesday, April 27th. At 8, 12 p.m. Central. But yeah, so I like that theory. You might have found some Easter eggs there uh, for sure. Uh, I could totally see that. That would be, and that's compelling. I like that a lot. Um, I mean, it kind of all shares in that universe. And like knowing we have a Spider-Man movie coming up, yeah. you know, end of the year, you know. And then it's just yeah. like knowing, uh, you know, Shang-Chi, like you said, uh, they had the same flags they had you know, on the license yeah. plate and stuff in the uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just happy I don't have to call, you know, call Sam Falcon anymore, refer to him as Falcon. Right. You know who that, you know, like, I don't like the word Falcon. <laughs> yeah, especially I, calling, call, you know, calling one of your, you know, your people. Yeah. No, bro, he, he is Captain America and he is from Louisiana. He's from the Bayou. Captain, so I'm like, yeah. He is my new favorite superhero. Captain <laughs> America is now Louisiana. Exactly. Uh, be proud. I'm, I'm good with that. And like like you said, the banker thought he went to LSU. That makes me like the show even more. LSU is canon in the MCU. Oh, that's, it's great. Yeah, it's great. I've heard for people in Louisiana were probably hadn't been this excited since the <laughs> LSU National Championship. Man, they had the crawfish boil. Like, you know, that was like a legit authentic experience in that show. Yeah. Yeah. They had and some music in there. I know people were really excited about some of the music that was on the show. Oh yeah. Really, yeah. Man, I heard the meters in there. Like, yeah. man, I was, I was happy. Yeah. So Louisiana's fingerprints all over season one of the Falcon and the winter soldier for sure. Uh, because of and uncle Sam that right there, what an Easter egg that was. <laughs> what was to come that he, oh, oh yeah uncle sam uh sam wilson so yeah so there you know I'll, I'll tell you this i've always been a bigger fan of superheroes that were tech centric opposed to supernatural centric oh That's yeah why i love the iron mans and i love you know spider-man's kind of a hybrid spider-man has some supernatural powers but also because of what they did in the mcu by you know like the iron spidey and putting you know tony stark putting some tech into spider-man's suit but I've always loved, you know, the, Bat the Batman. No superpowers. He's just rich. I'm rich. So I wish they had, in the, by the way, in the Snyder Cut, where he says, I'm rich. Like, what's your superpowers? I'm rich. It would have been cool if he just added in, I'm rich, bitch. <laughs> no, man, it's like, uh, you know, if you look at, like, human, I mean, just human culture, like, going over the years, man, uh, like, superheroes, we're more or less telling the stories of gods, like demigods, you know. Uh, you know, if you look at, like, Greek mythology, man, most of those were damn near superheroes, you know. Hercules, and, you know, if you go, I mean, you look back at all that, and it's like, you know, they didn't have ways to show movies, but they did dramas, they did plays. And, and I think it's like, I think there's something very ingrained in us to do superhero stories. Yeah. You know, like whether they're, you know, lowercase G gods, you know, which like Thor or, you know, the, or the common man, you know, 
bringing himself up to that level. You know, yeah. I, I just think it's like something that there's very ingrained for us to tell these type of stories. And it's like, you know, I know like growing up, you know, a lot of what we call them the superhero stuff was almost kiddie stuff. But man, you look at like the stories that were told in like WandaVision, you know, like how it really went into, you know, mourning and loss. I mean, then you, you know, look about, you know, look at this one, you know, yeah. and how it touches into some of our history, you know. And I always say, like, looking back at our history of this country, man, it's like the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know. Like, I, I you know, patriotic, but I can admit, like, you know, there's been some effed up stuff in the past, yeah. you know. And I think kind of facing it head on, like, man, I thought it was really interesting that they went – went there with this episode yeah and uh even the end you know getting you know isaiah's part of the history right of captain america yeah with him getting his you know being being recognized and also the the unjust the 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 uh the injustice oh yeah as well and in, in recognizing that because I think that the I'm, all, I'm a firm believer that we need to know our bad history as well as our good history. Uh, we don't have to pay tribute to those bad things, but we need to be aware of them and know them because that's how you prevent yourself from repeating the bad things again. I think. See, like I'm not even mad at like to me the myths we're taught is like when we were really little kids. Mm -hmm. You know, George Washington, the cherry tree. You know, all these stuff. These these yeah. are great myths. They those are fun. Explain the values, sure. right? You know, and to me, it's like you get no little older in school and you get a little bit more of the full story, Yeah, you know, and then, you know, you get to high school, you realize, you know, there's good and bad, you know, the good guys aren't always good. You know, the bad, you know, what most people try to think is the bad guys, you know, most people don't see themselves as the bad guys. Right. And it's just like, there's so much more nuance, you know, and it's to me, like, by college, you know, you're really getting into, you know, like, what really happened, you know. Yeah, and it's, like yeah, I said, you know, uh, we have a good, bad, and ugly history, you know, and I think we should understand that. I mean, I, I just really kind of hope, like, some of the stuff that they touched on with the, this series, you know, like, maybe people will be picking up some history books, you know. That'd be great. That's one of the great things about you know, fantasy is that a lot of real, like, you know, it, things, things are borrowed, even star Wars, George Lucas borrows a lot from world war one and world war two incorporates a lot of that, that history into the empire, even in the design and architecture of the spaceships. There's a little bit of that kind of Nazi influence that to create the, oh, empire, yeah. the empire's um, origin and story. Um, so yeah, so there's that stuff. And then somebody sees star Wars. I know people who get to see star Wars and then they start looking into it and finding out that this is based on this, this part of history. That's real. Then it does get people maybe to pick up a book in a, in a section or area space that they would not have normally have done. Yeah. Rogue one was just a world war two film. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, so much. So, um, it's all over its fingerprints all over that. Star Trek's always been really good at borrowing from history and, and using it, and incorporating it. And you were talking about how history has the good, bad, and ugly. That's parallel to everyday life in real world, in the real world, in the present. So it's not just in the past. Every day we walk through life 
there's good, bad, and ugly going on in the world. You know, it's out there. There's some great things going on right now as we speak. There's some great people walking the streets, but there's also some ugly and, and some bad stuff happening, unfortunately. So it's it's all out there. It's all happening simultaneously um, in the world. You can find either one of them. You can find the ugly and bad if you want to find it, and you can definitely find the good and the great if you want to find it as well. Getting very philosophical on it. <laughs> really yeah, that's what I'm saying. These shows are like doing that between WandaVision and this yeah. show. Like these are like a lot more heady than I was expecting. You know, like he was mentioning earlier, like I didn't feel it was quite rushed. Um, I just felt like you had to have those four episodes leading up to those last two to really care, to really, you know, feel, you know, mm. those last two episodes. Um, by the way, oh, earlier, uh, Laura Bennett had, had uh, chimed in and said, hey, hey, I love Greek mythology. <laughs> and by the way, MCU is going to be borrowing more from Greek mythology very soon in the, in the Thor and Love and Thunder movie because uh, Russell Crowe has been cast to play Zeus. Zeus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's not terribly far. Like, you know, I think the superhero stories are, are mythology, you know? Yeah. yeah. And also I know Laura's a big fan of Star Trek. She was saying Star Trek is definitely an exploration of us as a society of lessons learned. Hey, I'll tell you this. I like Star Trek. Laura, you're awesome. She's, she's great. <laughs> I love Star. By the way, she has a YouTube channel now. She just launched her YouTube channel. Uh, feel free to plug it, Laura. I'll post a, a I'll plug it. I want to check it out. It's a health and fitness, uh, and feeling good YouTube channel. Awesome. Uh, and about feeling good and being healthy and, and, uh, in, in various different ways. So we'll, uh, and I think you can find it on her name under her name, but if I'm wrong, let me know, Laura, I'll post a comment. If you want to put it in the comments, uh, by the way, I'm, you know, you know, I'm a star Wars guy, but I like me some star Trek too. But this, this, uh, the newer Star Trek, the Star Trek Discovery, they did a s- episode, and I, the characters, I don't know the characters as well, but there's a character who's a new alien species, and there's a story arc of his from, I think, the second season that will really get anybody in their feels, because it's about his whole alien society, it's kind of a spoiler, his whole alien society that had been fooled into believing they weren't capable of what they actually were capable of for for generations that society was sort of tricked by their own media and government into believing they were lesser than what they actually were so they were kind of roped in sort of into this kind of like fear um that weakened them and then they when they finally discovered someone broke through and discovered anyway it's a really good storyline it's very empowering because a person individually could take something from that story of like, you know, we're, we're, we're capable of a lot more sometimes than we even realize. That's what I could. Oh, absolutely. And that can be of a, of a society or of an individual or whatever, but there's a lot of people that, that when they find out what they're capable of, it's amazing and they can tap into that. And it's a huge empowering thing. Um, Laura said that, Yes, I did. It's under Laura Bennett. Google Keto and my name on YT search engine. Okay, we will. Oh, we'll, awesome, awesome. We will, we will definitely don't put that up again. Make sure we don't miss it. Uh, that's great. Yeah, so I'm loving these Marvel shows. The next one. Uh, oh, by the way, they did a really good job of giving making these characters very layered. Uh, we were talking about uh, uh, the um, <laughs> U.S. agent. Yeah, U.S. agent and how well that that role was played. 
Uh, criticizing Wyatt Russell for becoming the new Captain America. Respecting Wyatt Russell for acting so good that people hate him. And yeah, 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 that was like an incredible performance. I mean, just like the little ticks he had, uh, you know, and just you could tell he's just like losing it. Yeah. And I mean, it was just like so many just like subtleties. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed seeing, uh, you know, uh, was it Bucky's demeanor changing at the end? Yeah, to go from like the beginning where he's in therapy and to see him at the crawfish boil just smile you know just you know just the energy he was like projecting was like changed you know i have a feeling he's been given a lifetime a lifetime um, a key to the state of louisiana <laughs> he's walking down in the state of louisiana the only weird thing is at the end he goes back to the uh, restaurant with the uh, the old older gentleman that he went to go yeah. to at the end to tell him this, that he had you know what had happened when he was the Winter Soldier, what he did and and uh, with his son, which was really was really emotional. He goes back later. He's peeking through the window with the girl that he went on the date with, which I think is that is that supposed to be the granddaughter of the of the older man? The older no Asian? no no. I think she was just working at that bar. Okay, and he got a, he went on a date with her the first couple episodes, and it was yeah. where he wasn't ready for dating. He wasn't ready for it, but he went out with her, and then uh, he goes back, and it's like almost like he's kind of like just checking it out to see if he still has a shot with her at the end. Bro, he's one hundred and four. He just wanted to see. He messed up, but he wanted to go peek in there just to see if hey, if they're still. We still got a chance. Could we still maybe? You know, I felt like it was a little bit of this going on. Yeah, he's 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 too old for her, isn't he? Bro, kids don't even understand this anymore. Uh, you just told us your age, man. We're gonna think you're doing like some kind of Hawaiian. That's the Hawaiian symbol. Isn't that one of the symbols in Hawaii? You know, also, be like. Like the cool kids text me. <laughs> yeah, <just> like... <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, Guessing the drink here. Oh, okay. you gotta TikTok me. <laughs> Make me a dance video. <laughs> Shuffle, you gotta make me a shuffle video. A <laughs> shuffle's for you. Um, but uh, by the way, that's you know, Wyatt Russell is Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son who played uh, the, the U.S. agent, now the U.S. agent, the character, um, but was cap the Captain America at the beginning of the season. Did the role so well, he was getting death threats, and that's what that meme is in reference to, which is so ridiculous. We look at these actors, they're just so good at their roles. Look at the difference between the actress in her everyday persona, Carly, and then the actual character. I mean, she doesn't look like threatening, like a threatening terrorist um, vigilante in real life, does she? Oh, no. It's just like, yeah. I mean, I, I loved her, uh, you know, yeah, her character. You know, it was just like, I guess as much as anybody else, you know, I guess she was supposed to be the antagonist in there, but like she was definitely sympathetic and, you know, like ultimately her goals were achieved. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. In, in the way it was done, uh, of course, we would never, you know, endorse terrorism or that level of, of trying to get the, your job done, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, we also wouldn't uh, endorse the revenge that uh, John Walker pursued in the way he pursued. Oh, yeah. Um, but then but again, I, man, we like Star Wars and, you know, depending on your point of view, <laughs> you know, uh, the rebels, you know, were kind of trying to overthrow the, uh, you know, <laughs> their government, you know, they, yeah. their empire. So, yeah, it's a good point. Could be some yeah parallels there for Star Wars fans. It's a good point. That's what's happening in Rogue One. That's uh, Carly is that character in Rogue One. Emphasis Nest. Yeah. Yeah, they could be the same character. So I don't know. May fourth, by the way, coming up. May oh 4th. yeah, we'll have a we'll have a May fourth show. I don't know what time yet because it's on a weekday this year. It's not a, it's not a Saturday, but we'll be doing something on May fourth day. Um, I'll be doing yeah, several little things. I love that a bad pun has just become like a nerdy holiday. You know, like a oh, yeah. Star Wars nerd holiday was rooted in a bad pun. Yeah, it's just built from there, and it's become now an annual tradition. And uh, by the, the Bad Batch will come out on that day. Will premiere on Disney Plus. So Lucasfilm is offering a new, some new content that day. Major release of a new series. So what you call the A Team, uh, A Team in space. Yeah, the space A Team. <laughs> may the force be pity, pity. Uh, may, the pity <laughs> may the pity be with you. May the pity be with you. Oh man. Okay, we're gonna get into so TFA TWS was a win. Uh Loki coming out in May. Uh also Black Widow coming out this summer. So change oh, yeah. change in, in September. So the Marvel MCU in 2021 just keeps rolling. Um oh, absolutely. Loki, Black Widow, Shang Chi, all I think within the span of four months. Three new things. Man, so, it, it, it's a good time to be nerdy, bro. <laughs> good. good times for nerdy people all right we're going to get into some agree or disagree in the thunder pop dome let me get some agree or disagree music for you jazz one and i didn't give you some you know um proper applause at the beginning of the show so i i am sorry uh but we'll try to find that for you here in a minute on the soundboard <laughs> just when i think i got the soundboard figured out I'm suddenly not finding my my sounds again. Oh, here it is. All right. Okay, agree or disagree music. Thank you, band. Okay. Okay, let's go. Number one, in agree or disagree, we're going to get local with it. For Austin, regional, as you would say. Regional. Richard Linkletter. Does that name ring a bell? Yes. Uh, he planted the first seeds of me moving to this town. Very important then. Very important, uh, significant person in your life. I think he makes movies specifically for me. You've said that many times. And he's got I a mean that every time. <laughs> he's got a magnificent library of, of movies that he's done over the last uh, 30 25 30 years but let yeah. me tell you that actually i have a couple link letter sightings i've never met him i i saw him once at a festival and and saw him go up and speak for like a like as a presenter for a movie 
Another time I saw him coming out of Mother's when I used to live over in, in Hyde Park area. Which oh, yeah. You were my neighbor. Yeah, I miss those days. <laughs> yeah, I miss those, those are fun days. But yeah, we were both over there, and I, I saw him one time coming out of Mother's Cafe, which I know he was a big fan of. Rest in peace, Mother's, by the way. It was another business, local business that we lost during the pandemic. Had best veggie burger I've ever had was Mother's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bro, I'm not even a vegetarian. They had good vegetarian food. Like, I would yeah. go there at least once every month or two. That place was solid. I'm hoping they'll get rebooted at some point. Uh, somebody will buy it and bring it back. They, you can still get the mother's salad dressing. Like oh, damn. To, and some stores are still selling the branded salad dressing. Okay, very regional stuff here. But uh, Richard Linkletter, uh, great director, worked on some of our favorite movies of our time, um, is, is, is absolutely brilliant director. So let me ask you this. Uh, with Richard Linkletter having worked on uh, many movies, would you ever want to see a Richard Linkletter do a TV property, especially with streaming services becoming so popular? Do you agree or disagree that you would like to see a Richard Linkletter, either a limited series or mini series that he writes, directs, and produces going to, going into a different medium? It depends on which Richard Linklater we get. Okay. Like it really does seem like he does some Hollywood films. Yeah. Just to make the interesting ones. You know, right. like, you know, like Slacker dropped the first seeds of me moving to Austin, yeah. but like Waking Life was similar, but it was just like really artsy fartsy. It had the rotoscoped animation and it was really amazing. But like he did like School of Rock too, right? Yeah. With Jack Black. So it's like he Jack does Black. like the blockbuster and then comes back with something like, was that movie Boyhood? The one he shot uh, with with the kid over like 12 summers or something. Yeah. You basically see this kid growing up, like, you know, like, he, I don't know. Like when I saw Slacker, I was studying film at the time. Yeah. And it broke every rule I was learning in school at the time, yeah. you know? And I was just like, you know, it really didn't have a narrative structure. It didn't really have a plot, but it had a feeling. And, uh, it's like, I would, I could really see him really doing something amazing in the, uh, in a streaming platform. Yeah. And I never thought of that. Now I'm just like, that's all I can think of now. Uh, but it depends on whether we're getting, make a lot of money, you know, link later. Right. You know, so he can do the creative things or right. is it just like the creative as fuck link later? Yeah, it's you a know. little bit. It's a little bit like I'm trying to think of a good example of someone I could compare. Okay, in, in, if Jack Black is in it, yeah, probably not. Okay. You know, <laughs> if Ethan, what's his name? Ethan Hawke. If, yeah, Ethan Hawk. if Ethan Hawke is in it, yeah, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> That's how you know which 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 rich you're going to get is based on whether it's Jack Black or Ethan Hawke. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know, because as I saw a movie, and by the way, the other sighting I had at Rich Linkletter was at the old Lincoln Village Movie Theater, which is now the Austin Film Society's uh, yeah. headquarters where they screen movies. But uh, years ago, I saw, and I at that Lincoln Village Theater, I've seen Quentin Tarantino. Over the years, I saw Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, Mike Judge, and Richard Linkletter. Now, three of the four I saw at the same time. Oh, wow. I saw Tarantino Rodriguez and Mike judge there together in the late nineties to see Titanic on a Sunday afternoon. Man, it was when I 
first moved to Austin, uh, Tarantino would come in and do what he called a QT fest. Yeah. And he would bring movies out of his own movie collection, not movies yes. he made, but movies he just enjoyed. Yeah. And he would intro them, talk about them, mm -hmm. and then play the movie. And uh, the one night I went, it was Big Pimpin' Friday. It was the Mac, St. Jack, and the Chinese Mac. And uh, like in between movies, we started, uh, you know, he would, I, I, there'd be intermissions. So, you know, there'd be some conversations going on. Right. And I remember after the Mac, I made some reference that nobody else got, but Tarantino thought was funny. And then, you know, during the next intermission, you know, I think I interact with him. And after it was over, like the night ended with me, uh, the girl I was with, another couple, and Tarantino sitting out in the curb in front of the Alamo Draft House over in Colorado. Yeah. Talking about movies like until like four in the morning. Wow. You know. Yeah. And I had given him my idea of a movie I had been wanting to do for a while. I wanted to shoot an entire movie on security cameras. You know. Like oh. some of them would be black and white. Some of yeah. them would be really jerky. You know, the acting would have to be a lot larger. And, uh, you know, like part of me was like, just shoot as a pirate, you know, just go in. This is back when he was on tape, you know, shoot, just go, you know, to an electronic store, put the tape in the camera and just shoot right there. Right. Uh -huh. And, uh, yeah, like Tarantino was like, man, that's fucking genius. Now on the outside, I was cool as a polar bear's asshole, but on the inside, I was uh, giddy as a schoolgirl. I was like, holy shit, like Tarantino just called my idea genius. Next day, I was living uh, over on Lorraine, yeah. you know, in uh, Terrytown, uh, just west of uh, downtown Austin. I remember going, I think it was like Einstein's Bagels or whatever. And I go, I put on my bike down there, and I'm sitting there, you know, in line. Tarantino's, like, sitting there, and he, like, calls my name from his table. And I'm like, oh, shit, you Ooh, know, like, Tarantino <laughs> remembers me, <laughs> you know. It's like, man, doing stuff I've done over the years. I've gigged with everybody. I've shot interviews with everybody. There's only a handful of people. I'm like, holy shit, you know. Like, our Mark Hamill experience was kind of like wow. that. Like Tarantino was like that, you know, if I cross paths with Drew Brees and play catch with Drew Brees, that will be on that level. Be pretty cool. Yeah, that would, that would, that would be the next thing. Could happen. Could he's retired. <laughs> like he's retired. He's got, you know, got family here. He's got history here. I have a feeling I will run into him here in Austin sometime. Let me ask you this on the Tarantino thing. Were you also a little worried that he might have gone and used your idea and you wouldn't have gotten it? Were you, <laughs> if it idea? was him, you know, I would be totally into it. But I'll tell you one thing. Did you see the movie Four Rooms? Uh, yeah, it's been a while. I remember okay. that. Yeah. Do you, you remember the scene he had in Four Rooms? It's basically right. recreating that scene where you're trying to light the lighter like yeah. 10 times. I guess I can't remember who, what was that, what that came from. But Tarantino is not acting in that movie. Yeah. Like he may have had a different name. That is literally how he is in person. Yeah. You know, like that energy, uh, that's definitely him. Like there's no acting going on. That was just him being him. Just him being him. 
I think even like in, in his small role that he played in Reservoir Dogs, I bet you that's him. It, that's him it's, him. it's not very far off. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a little I mean he's not a killer. Not <laughs> a hitman or whatever, but yeah, it's some similarity there. Number two on this agree or disagree, sticking with a regional theme today. Jazz regional. One. <laughs> Matthew all right, all right, all right. Matthew McConaughey, a favorite of our shows. All right, all right. Okay, <clears throat> Matthew McConaughey. There's been a lot of talk. People love the idea of celebrity running for president or running for governors. It's happened many times that we've got we've had actual celebrities. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger was governor of California, the governator. We had uh, now talk of Kate. I think Caitlyn Jenner is going to be running for governor of California. So it's happened. And then uh, Clint Eastwood was a mayor at one point. Oh, yeah. Um, there was there was years for years. People talked about George Clooney maybe running for president. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but I know a lot of people were trying to position him. Lately, The Rock has been a popular online talk of someone that people would like to run for president. Okay. Well, his TV show is about his campaign of running for president. Man, oh. his, his show is an ad for him running for president. He's we already, will have the president, The Rock. The, pre, pre, the president, The Rock, is happening. <laughs> you smell what the executive decision branch has, <laughs> executive branch has <laughs> you got that eyebrow thing, which I can do. It's about, the only thing, it's about the only thing Rock does that I can do. Because I can't do anything else he does. But anyway, and I would love to see a movie with me and him, him um, me playing his brother. That would be hilarious. It'd be like, like Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, scenario. You could be the twins remake, by the way. Me and him and, and twins. That would, be the, that would be the movie right there. Okay. Oh, yeah. Matthew McConaughey, the, the talk discussion. I don't know who got this started. Of Matthew McConaughey running for Texas governor, governor of our fine state. Do you agree or disagree with the idea of Matthew McConaughey as the all right, all right governor of Texas? See, I sadly think it could happen. You know, <laughs> like I okay. I mean, you agree I, that I, it could not, happen. You agree that it might, it could happen. Yes. Well, here's the thing. Like I kind of like. Look back at the whole thing with Trump. You know, whether you're a supporter yeah. or not, right. I'm saying things have changed. There What's was a time yeah. where it was aspirational, like anybody can be president. And now after Trump realized, like, anybody can be Like, a guy, you know, a, what do you call it, a reality show host can be president. You know? Yeah. Like, so. what? You know? So if a reality, like you can look at Reagan, at least Reagan was a governor when I moved up, right. you know? Yeah. He worked. A so little bit. yeah. If a reality show host can be president, then, you know, a quirky actor can be the governor of Texas. I'm not saying I would vote for him. I don't even know what he believes in. I don't know what his politics but, is. But like it could happen. I mean, I kind of like, look at I kind of look at him on a day to day basis. I don't know what he would run as, but I kind of envision him being an independent. 
Like you give oh. him a you, you give him the topic and he decides whether it's all right or not all right. Boom. Uh you know not all right. Abbott, Governor Abbott. Yeah. I, I would uh watch on pay per view. You know. If what now like, I just I, I, I didn't catch I that. would watch it on pay per view. A pay per view like, debate. A gubernatorial debate between oh, yeah. like Governor Abbott and yeah. uh McConaughey. You know? um, yeah. Yeah. And like I, I'm already like fighting him on site though, but that's you know with something to do with uh, the LSU and UT game when he ripped Lee Corso. Oh, Lee yeah. Corso had the yeah. tiger head on because he picked LSU over the Longhorns, and McConaughey rips that tiger head off Lee Corso mm-hmm. and throws it into the game day crowd. Like no, like I will run into Matthew McConaughey one at some time. And I, he will see these hands. They're gonna I just you. hope I'm not having to fight a governor. <laughs> oh, that would be, yeah, you're on Secret Service then. You have Secret Service to contend with at that point. Oh, boy. I don't know. That's a tough job. Never, I don't know Secret you... Service? That is a joke. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, it's just, he's having, it's a football rivalry. It's, a, it's just a fun, having some fun talking about it. But uh, if he runs for governor, though, and does a good job, he, we, we might get we could get President McConaughey. Bro, man, like, like I said, anybody can be president. Anybody can be governor. Like, yeah. the, the, the bar has been lowered, you know. You used to think people who have been groomed for this worked up the ranks. Like, no, celebrities. Like, we're going to be in for celebrities for a while. Yeah, it's it's gonna become maybe become a thing now. Uh, I think, like yeah, I it, said, you know, President The Rock will happen. Is that callbacks though to President Camacho? No, just <laughs> it's a little. Okay, bit, I'm not trying to turn this into you know, <laughs> a, a rock, <laughs> a politics I, show. I get, I get why. No, The Rock is a very likable uh, person. I don't know. I, I think he. Um, is why he is such a popular conversation for that topic is because he's just, he's such a likable person. Uh, he's, he's loved by both sides of the aisle. Bruh, I think. He like that show young rock. Yeah. He is manifesting it right now. Wow. He is putting this idea of president, the rock or president Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. He's putting that idea out into the universe right now. Wow. You know? Uh, and that I hate to say it, that sitcom is not bad, you know. Yeah, you and, like uh, yeah, well, it's like men, you know. Uh, they have somebody playing Coach O, which I don't like having somebody playing Coach yeah. O, but I like that there's a Coach O character in the right. show. Yeah. Uh, even though I don't like how he's played at all. Right. Uh, but yeah, like, yeah, anybody can be governor. Anybody can be president. You know, I'll the bar out. is low. I'll check it out sometime for sure. That show. Okay. Another high profile person. Man, this is all Austin. We're three for three. Agree. Regional. A very regional. Agree. Disagree. Elon Musk, which has always sounded like the name of a cologne for me. I don't know if that joke's already been done uh, over and over again. <laughs> I have to get my Elon Musk on before I go out. I'm sure that's been done. But Elon Musk hosting SNL, hosting Saturday Night Live uh, on March. Or, I'm sorry, not March, but May 8th coming up. Uh, in a, a little over almost a couple of weeks, we'll have Elon Musk host, hosting SNL. Oh yeah, that is May eighth. Yeah, so a little controversy over this. This is actually probably one of the most controversial announcements of a host in quite some time. 
for that show. Uh, at least three cast members have made uh, social media have made social media uh, cuts uh, displaying their displeasure with the choice, uh, saying that they're a little you know a little dumbfounded that they're going to get Elon Musk. Now Elon Musk is one of those people a controversial sometimes controversial figure. Uh, he's spoken out against certain things that is very polarizing. Uh, he's very outspoken. I thought it was a joke. Like I literally thought it was yeah. a joke. Remember how like on Facebook, like, Oh, we're going to see Daft Punk play the uh, right. Capitol, you yeah. know, or like bare naked ladies play the Palacio or, you know, there was just like all these random acts yeah. playing. Like yeah. I thought it was a joke. Like I was just like, okay, what's the punchline, you know? Right. But I have a feeling it's either going to be really bad or unexpectedly really good. Like, it's either going to be, you know, a ground out or a home run. Like, nowhere in between. Do you agree or disagree with the uh, choice? I probably wouldn't have been my first choice, but there has to be a reason they thought it was a good choice. Well, they've got, you know, it used to be a more of a model of SNL back in the day was having some unconventional host. And over the years, you know, they've had athletes. They've had Peyton Manning hosted Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Uh, There have been others. Those are the ones I can remember that I know for sure have hosted Saturday Night Live. Um, So, and then they've had, you know, political figures uh, that can, we, we can go unnamed on some of them, but they've had some interesting, uh, Forbes. Forbes hosted SNL at one time. Of course, Donald Trump hosted Saturday Night Live a couple of times. So they've had some weird choices before. Uh, they're going back to their their old kind of way of doing things and these weird choices of SNL uh, host. Of course, they've always had the usual people you'd expect: the funny people, the 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 movie stars, the you know those people, musicians have hosted Saturday Night Live. I remember when MC Hammer was a musical guest and host of the show. Oh yeah. Or did, in Prince did like eight solid minutes. Yeah, you know, he did music. a whole yeah did a whole thing on music. Like they've had some people that were musical guests and host where they did both things. So I don't know. Elon Musk. It's probably a really good publicity thing, like a stunt, because people are are, are going to watch, hoping to get either the train wreck or the surprise. They know they're going to get one or the other. So it I have a get, feeling we're going to see a lot of like surprise guests. You show know? up. I have a feeling it will be a very talked about episode. I think at the bare minimum, what's his, uh, who's he married to? Yes. Yeah, he was uh, the chick with the keyboards and that sings. Uh, yeah. Is he with the singer? Yeah. What's her name? I don't know. There was a lot of those in the aughts, you know, yeah. like they kind of just blurred into each other. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll be, but like I said, people might watch. I mean, it's the most taught. It's got people talking about the show. They're talking about it in a couple of weeks. I mean, they're, they're only that only comes up sometimes where the people will be that. Who was a music guest that week? Oh, get this. This is interesting too. Miley Cyrus. Yeah, it's going. Yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be a talked about episode. Like, I have a feeling. I don't know if he's going to bring extra comedy writers or like somehow they're going to punch this up. Yeah. Like, I have a feeling it's more likely going to be good than bad. Like. Like I said, it could be a total dud. It could be awesome. could be a great, you know, memorable yeah. episode. But there's nowhere in between. I wouldn't be surprised a guy like that is not working with an acting coach or an improv coach. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a reason why they're doing this. 
Yeah, he may be trying to to lighten his image up a little bit. I mean, he's look maybe he's worried that people are looking at him as like an evil genius, and maybe he wants to, maybe he loves the idea of hosting Saturday Night Live to make him seem a little bit more approachable and less like maybe the next James Bond villain. No, um, uh, less Zemo, more Stark. <laughs> yeah, kind of, exactly. exactly. He's trying to get that. Get that, you know, like, let me try to balance this out. Which, by the way, the uh, another regional thing, but Austin Chronicle a few weeks ago did do, I made a reference about that, or we were talking about that at one point on the show about the Elon Musk, uh, Zemo, Tony Stark thing. And then like a few days later, Austin Chronicle, the cover is Elon Musk as Iron Man. <laughs> and his buying Austin and being the next Iron City. Of course, that's a whole other topic probably a whole other show is to talk about Elon Musk bringing Tesla to Austin uh, and what that's going to do to the city. Um, and frankly, some positives and some negatives, the question would be, is it more negative or more positive? That's where you <laughs> sit down and you have to sit down and write the pros and cons. Oh yeah. And that's a whole other conversation. I would like to hear what you have to think about what you think about that though. Um, because I'm sure you got some thoughts on it. It's going to affect us quite a bit. Him, him yeah. I mean, saying. yeah. I, Probably gonna make my rent go up. Which is not too good, damn high. <laughs> it's not a good thing. Rent's already too damn high in the city, and we we needed rent control for a long time, um, like they do in some cities. So I don't know that's that's gonna happen, but it needs to happen desperate desperately uh, in Austin for sure because the rent skyrocketed and Tesla's not gonna help with the uh, bringing the rent down a little bit uh, at all. Uh, but I think we all should get a free Tesla since he's coming. Since we're gonna have to put up with him, we're gonna have to put oh, up with oh, him. Oh yeah. You're gonna have to put up with the the more additional traffic. I think if you've lived in Austin for more than than in ten years, you get a free Tesla for having to put up with this, <laughs> put up, to put up with this shit of him coming to Austin and raising all the rents and all the property taxes. Um, we get free Teslas. Oh, I want, exactly. I want my Tesla. I want a blue. I'll get. I'll take a metallic blue. Elon Musk cologne. Okay. <laughs> That could be our agree or disagree, but I'm going to let you. Do you have anything you want to riff on to close out the show? I know I'm, I'm last minute man, asking you this. Yeah. Oh, no problem, man. You're freestyling uh, master. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No problem. On Saturday, I got my second dose of the uh, vaccine. You know, um, man, it was like at first, I didn't know how to find it. I didn't know the process. I didn't know if I was going to get a postcard in the mail to go get vaccinated. Uh, on a certain day. I think I registered with the city, uh, got my first appointment about a month, month ago, uh, got my second one Saturday, uh, had a little bit of the, uh, the vaccine hangover, but man, I'm so glad I've done it. You know, it's out of the way, man. It's been such a strange year. Like I haven't, you know, normally I'm on stage a few times a month doing different stuff. I realized the other day I have not been on stage in like over a year. And, you know, like not just saying because I got vaccinated, you know, we're closer. But, man, my teeny tiny part, man, I feel like we're closer to getting this behind us. You know, I hope so. if I hope you so. have an opportunity yeah. to get vaccinated, just do it. You know, uh, I mean, it's just like. If I were to give myself a letter grade on my precautions I I took, I would say like A minus B plus. Like during football season, I was watching games outside at a bar, you know, masked up when I'm not drinking or eating. 
But, you know, I probably could have done better. But whatever I did for the last year in change, it worked, you know. And just knowing, like, my chances of catching the virus have dropped drastically. Mm-hmm. It, feel, it feels good, you know. Uh, you know, I'll still be careful, still go out mass, you know, to, you know, for other people. You know, yeah. it's such a small thing. But just, uh, you know, the more of us that get the vac- vaccination, the closer we get to this being over. You know, like, if we look at history, man, it's like, the Spanish flu in late, you know, 19 teens, you know, man, they got to have the roaring twenties afterwards. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like I tell you going, you know, when the world opens back up, man, we're going to have our own roaring twenties again. Like I'm not a big person to take things for granted, but how many times were we like, ah, uh, you know, it's not a good day of the week. Go do this or I'll see them next time, man. No. I'm just yeah. pumped up to be, around people again you know be around you know it's like i don't know man i'm just like i feel like the light we can see the light at the end of the tunnel you know like i'm sorry for everybody that's lost someone through this you know i'm sorry everybody that's you know carrying you know scars that this you know left and it's like but man there i don't know man it's like i'm a hope guy and being from louisiana i'm man resiliency is like encoded in us you know like shit might suck now but it won't always suck <laughs> so at some time things will be better and my teeny tiny part getting stuck twice i'm good with it and like everybody else go get yours there you go from jazz one and um it, it, i hope we and were we gonna get evil flying chickens are they are with evil flying chickens? Man, we back? we've been uh, hiatus. Uh, I'm looking for us to getting back together, man. It's like mm-hmm. I don't have any relatives in Austin, but man, it's like <laughs> I've got family. Like my band is like you know my family, and uh, yeah, I, I miss miss my uh, my brothers of the uh, chickens. You know, is, let me ask this and check out the evil flying chickens if you haven't checked them out. They're on YouTube. Find out about them, especially for nerdy uh, musical. Music. <laughs> but has, has Jason been working on music during the pandemic? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's always working on, yeah. on some stuff, man. I'm just, you know, I, I, I miss being on stage with them. Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know, man. Like I said, after this last year, not taking anything for granted, man. Yeah. You know, I, I'm looking forward to getting back to my life, you know? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Get back to life. Just like the song back to life. Now I got that song in my head. <laughs> oh, it could be worse songs you could get in, in, in your head and I'll, I'll take that. I could have some, some real traumatic things with some songs if I had them in my head. So I'm glad we did. We, we just had that song in my head. Um, jazz one. I'm Stephen Presley, Jazz One. Thank you so much for the 145th episode, sir. And I hope to see you back on May 4th. May the 4th, man. Can't wait. Checking back in for um, for May the 4th Be With You Day. We'll talk a little Bad Batch uh, after we watch that on, on May 4th. Uh, we'll be probably getting up in the morning and watching it sometime before you start work, correct? <laughs> I'm not going to admit yes, I do. <laughs> 
I won't like say. Like working but... from home, I'm watching it during lunch again, you know. <laughs> oh, by the way, oh. real quick thing. Um, pro tip, if you're looking for, and we, me and my son, Micah Jean, we went on and did Instagram Live together over the weekend where we did an unboxing. I saw that, dude. Your son is, like, I know everybody's got the cutest kid ever, but, man, your, your kid is, like, the cutest kid ever. Oh, man, thank you. I, he's about, I'm about to go tuck him in, actually, to bed. But uh, he, uh, we, we love, he loves the happy, McDonald's Happy Meal toys. And they do, they're doing Star Wars right now. Oh, shit. That thing, like, like, shoots out something out the front, right? You can put, you put these little cart, they're like lasers. The little, Bruh, little if, if they would put communion wafers in that, I would go to church. Pew, 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 pew. He <laughs> has one's like over here with his, like, <laughs> his communion. Okay. I was raised Catholic, so I know I know that language what you're talking about. May the force be with you. Actually, if I miss breakfast before before Sunday Mass, if I miss breakfast before Sunday Mass and went to church, I would go through the communion line more than once so I could get those little the little bread that they give you to try to fill up on that at the church. I would like do I get things some like Tabasco on Jesus. <laughs> I would like turn my cap around so they wouldn't recognize that I was coming back in the line. It was like worse than going. It was like worse than going to the Sam's Club and when you try to go through the sample uh, line again, where they're giving out samples. Bro, like, when I was a broke college student, man. <laughs> you you those little pizzas at the, the little pizzas they cut and they would be giving out samples at the store. Yeah, the grocery store. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like every corner, almost every end uh, of the aisle, there was something. Man, you hit all those. You have got like the broke college student meal right there. Oh, man, you could fill up on it when they'd have everybody out doing samplings of different things. Uh, you could fill up on it. It's a great pro tip for broke college students. <laughs> and, and by the way, you could get, if you got in good with the sample giver, they would give you extra, by the way. That's another pro tip is to talk your way in with the sample person. And they'd be like, oh, you're so funny. Here, here, you want another one? <laughs> you wouldn't even have to do that. Like, go, come back later and try to change your appearance. Like, stand different, like lean like, like this to look different. Or like, put your hand right here. Maybe they won't recognize me kind of thing. So, I don't know. Anyway, fun stuff, fun stuff. But yeah, check these. These are like a buck and 60 cents. You oh, go, shit. You can go get one. So you don't have to get the Happy Meal if you don't want the Happy Meal. But if you do want a Happy Meal, then it comes with the Happy Meal. Just tell them you want the Star Wars toy. And uh, these are, they did Boba Fett. They did uh, Chewbacca. They did a, a Finn. They did Ray. Uh, like a bunch of them. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's cool. Awesome. And like you said, it shoots off little lasers. Community wafers. Community wafers in there. It, it's actually the perfect size for a communion wafer. So I think that that maybe you should recommend that to the uh, Catholic churches to try to get a new, a younger following. <laughs> They're trying to get people to come back to church because a lot of people aren't going to church. They need to get maybe get Star Wars involved in the church. <laughs> Communion wafer in your bubble fat space. Then it would be like, may the bless you, uh, may the force bless you. <laughs> or, or, uh, may the force be with you and with you. <laughs> this is the holy way. 
okay, we're done. We're done. Uh, everybody out there, have a good hour, day, second, millisecond. Be safe. Good night. Time for that outro. Thunder Pop is a Hit the Bricks production. <laughs>